I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We are two associate marriage and family therapists under clinical supervision, and we specialize in working with couples. Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couples Guide podcast. Where we debunk myths and deliver truth about couples therapy. Trust us. It's awesome. Those are bloopers. That's how we lead into it. That's the fun part. (laughs) Ah. Welcome. Welcome. Head to another on. episode of It's Complicated. Oh, wait, there's an intro for all this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and play intro now. Oh, wait, that would already happen, didn't it? Dang it. Here oh. we are. <laughs> episode f- 14, 15. This is episode 15. 15. Heck yeah. Uh, listener questions. We have <laughs> no specific topic. a lot. Yes, lots of questions. I have probably 80 questions. Yeah, lots of questions coming our way. Rapid fire. So we're just, gonna chat. we're just gonna go through as many as we can. Yeah. Um, just what people are asking about, and kind of like the, what I call the the mailbag grab bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shall take it away, Talia. Right. What's our first question? I don't even know what these are. They're fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> They're fun. <laughs> I just got really excited. Can you learn to be passionate about someone if there is no chemistry at first? Interesting. Can you learn to be passionate about someone if there's no chemistry at first? Uh, I think you can. I'm very curious. Oh, man, this is not going to be a rapid-fire thing, I think, in I my world. I have a succinct answer. You have a succinct answer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then let me explore mine first, uh, since yours, you already have yours thought out. I absolutely think you can. I think a bigger question is, well, what are you attracted to, and is that person the role for you? There is, uh, There absolutely is a component of friendship in romantic relationships, and some people... Are drawn to that and hope that the romantic sexual feelings come mm-hmm. then I think it's more being concerned about like hey do you really want a friend or do you want a, a romantic partner mm-hmm. and that's for people who do have a sex drive and romantic feelings there are plenty of people who have um, comparatively lower sex drives than others and their entire experience of romantic feelings is in the friendship zone. That's cool, but that's why you kind of have to know yourself mm-hmm. and be congruent with yourself. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's my initial answer is you absolutely could if you know you're that person, but there's tons of, um, you know, is it appropriate to work to build that connection True. instead of just being honest with yourself like, yeah, hey, actually, you know, it's yeah. just because I'm with the nice person who's the quote unquote mm-hmm. good one. Mm-hmm. Um, then be honest, they're like, no, this is someone you want to be a friend. Yeah. That's my gut reaction. Yeah. What's your succinct answer? What do you think? Uh, no. No. I don't think you can learn to be passionate about somebody if there's no chemistry at first. Mm, no chemistry. Hmm. If there's no chemistry and you don't look at them and be like, I wonder what their private parts look like. Mm-hmm. Or some sort of feeling mm-hmm. of sexual curiosity or like yeah. they're hot. Uh-huh. If there's nothing like that at first, like uh-huh. nothing, uh-huh. I don't think passion would be what you would learn. I think it'd be like... We could try it out, but I may not like it. We'll go back to being friends. So for me, it would be different because I, and when I initially thought of this question or tried uh-huh. to answer it, it's thinking of, is you are you just used to being in a shitty relationship with people who are terrible? Mm. And so for you, the no chemistry is being with the safe, boring, <laughs> vanilla one who you yeah. should be with. It's yeah. the safer one, but your baseline yeah. is so different uh-huh. that feeling feelings or feeling like, oh, wait this is actually something I'm attracted to. It's more tying into like, is this, am I worth this? Yes. Is this the type of relationship I'm deserving of? Do I deserve the nice Uh guy or girl or whatever? And then the passion can develop. But if you have no chemistry at first and you're just friends, like that, for me, it's a no. 
I don't think you can develop that or learn that. So funny. I think your argument just helped me solidify why I think it can happen. Nice. (laughs) Which, when you're talking about, let's say, this example of someone who's been in really tumultuous relationships, um, probably even from childhood with parents, but then also uh, in romantic relationships later on, where they only know the feeling of passion through like basically negative mm-hmm. relationship dynamics, mm-hmm. then yeah, you that person can be like, okay, I want to do something different. I want not that. And then they find someone where there's no passion initially, but good person, feel the friendship vibe all the way, safe and cool. I've worked with clients where because they came from that tumultuous template, and we talked about kind of templates on the show before, they only get attuned to that passion Mm. through a um, template that has historically not been helpful for them. So instead, it's going, okay, you know you like this friendship thing, and a lot of what we do in couples therapy is how do you build that intimacy? And then when they develop a new template, suddenly the passion and intimacy does come out. So I think it is possible. But I yes. want to go back to my earlier caveat yeah. that it's so not a one-size-fits-all. No. You have to be really honest with yourself, like, hey, like you're saying. Am I even into it, you? Yeah. Am I even into you? Am I trying to force myself to be into yeah. you because I'm yeah. lonely or this or that? No. Yeah. Like, Which, yeah, if you lose your passion, you could reignite it. Yeah. But if that person's a friend, yeah. like how I tell my students, yeah. the difference is a friend and somebody you want to date or get involved with. Yeah. Do you want to see their parts? Or yeah. Do you want to put your parts near their yeah. parts? If it's a no... You're probably friends. Yeah. It doesn't mean it can't change. No. It but, can develop later. Yeah. And I think while I'm saying, yes, it can happen, and I'm talking about some outliers. Yeah. <laughs> I think more commonly, I would side with the no. That like Generally, yeah. if you're not feeling passionate, I, most commonly, I would guess, I don't see this in the office, but just in relating with other humans, mm-hmm. most commonly, it's someone who isn't being honest with themselves. Yeah. And just wants the security and safety of a sure bet in front of them, even though there's uh-huh. no passion. Uh-huh. Most people are just too scared to go, like, actually, I want more. I just want, yeah, or not some, this. I want something else. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think more commonly, people are kidding themselves yeah. and just trying to make it happen when the call should have been made a lot earlier. Yep. You're a great human being. Let's be friends, but I'm yeah, not, not actually it. curious about what your parts look like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what is that? We are not putting this We're in the episode. Out. Oh, dang it. I really want this in the episode. <laughs> no. You have to do like a little edit and then have that like, oh, we're not putting this episode and I want this in the episode. And then afterwards, just so they know we talked about something that, that we I'll don't do want. That. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Next. All that said. Next question. Edit done. What's the next question? <laughs> next question. This is fun. How do you deal with differences in sex drives in a relationship? Oh, that's common. Um, and what's 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 interesting about that is it's super common, and people don't talk about that. We only hear like our cultural um, fantasies of the movies, like mm-hmm. everything's great, mm-hmm. chemistry is perfect, everyone wants the same amount of sex all the time, and it's. Mm-hmm. wonderful and it's always this breathy ecstasy <laughs> yeah. passion where you both finish yeah that's at the same at time at the same time in five minutes <laughs> yeah that's true right that always. doesn't happen for just me oh okay Talia, <laughs> <laughs> tell me more about your life <laughs> um how do how do you deal with it how, how do we deal with it well in therapy first of all we we open the conversation because again it tends to be a stigma conversation talk about it so people aren't there so you just gotta be aware yeah and then we start having honest discussions about uh exploring what uh each partner's individual sex drive is and we start seeing well okay then how do we work together mm-hmm to balance that mm-hmm. or to honor it. And mm-hmm. what is the what is in the relationship 
the duty of each partner to the other because that's different per person. Yes. Um, so I know those are too vague of an expl- answer for the podcast, but yeah. How do you deal with differences in sex drive? You talk about it. Yeah. You come to a compromise. I want sex seven times a day. Mm-hmm. You want sex seven times a week. Mm-hmm. So we meet in the middle. And do something like that or other parameters. And, yeah. And, and so I think that's a good start. But I'll even say like after that, 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 that can do a lot of good work in relationships. Sometimes though, the sex drive issue is because there's a deeper course thing True. going it, on. This is so, pending that it's not medical or you're on an antidepressant or something that's yeah, messing with your... That. Yeah, um, past trauma stuff like yeah. that so then there's also for longer term work this you know like yeah. the emotional stuff to be like okay well if the sex drives here and then oh let's say one partner says my sex drive low and i want it to be higher which i've seen yes. a bunch then we go oh okay so you actually desire more yes. desire yes that's yes. interesting let's let's get into that yeah um that's different than no, no my I'm sex good. drives here and Three i, times a week I like i like once been a that week way. i'm good yeah yeah if I'm once a weeker, then that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, if my partner has a higher sex drive, then, then my how can drive, I meet them in? The then middle. how can we do that? Yeah, now? yeah. So that's uh, how I would do. But it. I think the most important message to the question Talk is just about it. it happens. Yeah. All the time. Super common. You are very unlikely Doesn't to mean you find. Have to break up. Yeah, someone with the same sex drive, and it can shift over time. Um, naturally, higher sex drives in the beginning relationships on mm-hmm. both, and they tend to meet because it tends to be both people high. Right. One will drop off before the other at sometimes mm-hmm. and then at different points of relationship it'll shift where one person for a set of years has the higher yep. one and then later on it switches yeah and so much changes your sex drive yeah stress tiredness yeah. oh yeah knowing that men and women are different yeah testosterone peaks yeah. overnight so you're more likely to be in the mood of the morning than yeah. i am like yeah. it, it's and it's all personal yep. personally dependent yeah. so talk about it would talk be about the it succinct answer it's okay know that that's it's every normal, relationship yep. and you can you can talk about it yeah you can talk about it and and come to a really good relationship with different levels of Mm -hmm. sex drive why do a lot of straight girls kiss other girls but you never see straight guys kiss other guys like at parties i it's culture i mean i think it's just a i mean honestly yeah you might want to cut this out on how much you want to shame listener questions i just think it's a very obvious answer yeah um it's just in our culture yeah Ah, that's rude to say obvious answer because hookup culture maybe um because it's been a, a lesbians are hot. Yeah, in, in in our in American culture, um, guys have dominated the narrative. So girls we've, are conditioned to yeah. yeah. So yeah. we want to sexualize women, even if it's not in a heterosexual way. Mm-hmm. We just want to see women as sexual. Mm-hmm. So if it's women on women, that uh, patriarchy or is it patriarchy? Continue your thought, and then I'll know more. Misogyny, something in there yeah. somewhere where it's like the male dominated culture has yeah. just said, We want to see this, so let's do it. Yeah, so then women have been al- allowed Condition, to express it yeah. if they wanted to, mm-hmm. whereas that dominant male culture has never allowed men to feel comfortable. So, True. so if you're seven and watching culture, i.e., TV, movies, music, you've uh, a seven year old girl has gotten tons of messages growing mm-hmm. up that it's okay to express sexuality with a woman. Mm-hmm. Whereas a seven-year-old boy has found it is not right, right. Um, for so then for ten years while they're growing into their sexuality, girls have gotten positive messages that it's okay to express that. Men ha- or boys have gotten negative messages to express that. So it makes no surprise that the end result is at a party it's cool for the nineteen-year-old college gal mm-hmm. to make out mm-hmm. with each other versus two guys. Right. It's not as fun. Yeah. Happy sign out at my school. It was 
a-okay for us boys to be making out at parties nice. with each other. I'm not saying who I did or didn't kiss. I'm just saying. That's your choice. I'm a product of my culture. Oh, there it is. There it is. I like that. So I went on a rant. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Do you want to add to that? Or uh, are you fine with my soapbox? <laughs> I think girls do it because we're conditioned to want the attention of yeah. other guys. Is there any... Uh, Sexual other exploration. factor? Is there any other biological? I mean, any other Sexual biological stuff? Yeah, yeah, that. Are there any other factors that could do that? Yeah, it's not that weird. And no. I also think there's a bias in people talking about it, so uh-huh. I do think it happens a lot more, but it's just uh-huh. not at a party in front of people. Yeah. Maybe it's like a sleepover, camp yeah. out, whatever. Oh, I don't know. I think it, do I, you. It's 2019. I think it would be, be safe. cooler for <laughs> boys and girls. Well, let's go with men yeah. and women. <laughs> um, to do that at sexual exploration mm-hmm. where it's okay. Um, it's just, again, the cultural norm is what made it seem where you can be more open if you're a female exploring that, whereas with men, there tends to be a lot more discrimination, even though it's just as sexually appropriate to be exploring things. Mm-hmm. How can we maintain and keep a strong, healthy sexual relationship with our partners after marriage? Mm, I love that one. Do you want to, I've been, since you're answering the questions, I feel I'll like I've start. been, like, starting off real hard on these. So. My belief... Mm-hmm of how you can maintain and keep a strong, healthy sexual relationship after marriage is trust for a woman. Mm. From a woman's perspective, Mm -hmm. the more passion and trust and commitment I feel between myself and my partner, Mm -hmm. to me, that's going to cause me to want to stay in Mm -hmm. the relationship Mm -hmm. intimately, but Mm -hmm. also physically. Mm -hmm. A lot of women function that way, Mm -hmm. that we are more enjoying of sex if we trust Mm -hmm the person that we're with, if we trust our partner, mm-hmm. if we know they're going to be there for us, mm-hmm. they're reliable, they're dependable in all the right ways, mm-hmm. and we we don't have any of those doubts that we often do in the beginning of meeting somebody, right? Mm-hmm. You're committed to the marriage, and you're showing up and communicating. I believe that would be the primary thing, is building into the trust of your relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like positively correlated. Mm-hmm. The more you trust and have communication that builds your relationship, mm-hmm. the more likely I'm going to want to express my love for you mm-hmm. physically because I'm going to feel so close that just talking about it isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And even when we are physically intimate, that's not even close enough. Mm. Like that's the amount of passion that I would want to feel. Mm. So that would be my answer. I love that. It's a great answer. I don't, I wish that was my first thought. <laughs> that's a great one. I think my, uh, to add to that, uh, does parallel that, which is, um, daily connection. Mm-hmm. And, this goes to trust, communication, and bids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about on the podcast before, yeah. but basically it's if I'm thinking about the the length of a marriage and a long-term marriage and we're getting yes. rid of the honeymoon sexual stages, are both partners having daily moments of connection? And this can be a moment of, from the podcast, when we use the example of someone reading the newspaper and saying, hey, check out this thing. Mm-hmm. And then do you respond and, and like have that? Mm-hmm. Or I think in now modern day culture, like are you checking in via texts and stuff throughout mm-hmm. the work day? Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm thinking of what's going on or how did that important meeting go? That kind of stuff. Um, and then also connection of the other ways you express that. Hugs that are not necessarily like, hey, I'm hugging you to have sex, but I'm just hugging you hello, or right. um, you know, stuff like that. Adding those into long term relationships, I think that relates to what you said about trust. Is my partner is there for me? You I have trust a twenty to one ratio. There. Yeah, life is good. That is yeah. happening. Yeah, and um, it just breeds that excitement to be with the person. Yeah, 
Um, so I think I think that's a that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, and if you're having those daily connections, that gives you more opportunities to feel the trust mm-hmm. and opportunities to communicate for either a, a, a bid, a, you know, it's a connection for to bid for sex, to be like, hey, right. now I'm, I'm connecting because mm-hmm. I want sex. Or if something's going on, uh, an opportunity to communicate to resolve any yes. barrier to connection. Yes. Um, yeah, communication, trust, yeah. match partners, bids. And then I think just on a practical level, real quickly, is, um, and I'm thinking about like longer term marriages with like kids and stuff, is... Um, Agreeing to prioritize date time. Yes. It doesn't necessarily have to be sex. Yes. Um, it just tends Intimacy. to turn into it. But just saying, yeah. hey, because I mean, you know, people get so busy in life, especially parents, I feel for them. It's like you just got to say, like, hey, we're going to set this night aside, this time aside for us to be intimate. And that can mean sex. It cannot mean sex. It's all good. So that's just a practical secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is for a man to answer. Oh. Okay. What is the first thing or feature you are attracted to about women or a woman? Well, I can answer for myself, yeah. personally. Yes. Um, and I'm literally debating in my head if I'm going to. You don't have to. However, um, it, it's different per, per... Every single person will have a different answer to it. Would what you I say can, it's an internal or an external feature? Oh, I'd say most commonly for men it's going to be an external okay. feature for sure. Okay. Um, and then, you and get, I think then with, that makes the approach happen to learn... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, mine is definitely a physical thing for sure. Um. I don't know why, but I feel shy today talking about That's that. That's okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, more comment. Women, I'm curious. I'm trying to remember the research. I know that they're they're less on the external, but it's still the first thing. It's like 50-50, right? So it's just everyone. We see it. Anyway. There's a spark. Yeah. And there's often, like, I'll speak for myself. I definitely uh-huh. have a, not uh-huh. a type in terms of, like, I will only date that. Everybody I've dated yeah. looks different. Uh-huh. It's interesting if you've lined if you lined all of them up, uh-huh. um, which would be my nightmare. So uh-huh. never do that. Yeah, <laughs> that would not be a gift. I never <laughs> want. Oh my gosh! And um, talk everyone now. <laughs> and scene. What was it like? No, I, it's not a type. My type is not mm. external. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's like a vibe. Mm. Like there's an energy, and mm-hmm. that was for men. But what the first thing I notice about a man mm-hmm. instead of a woman would mm-hmm. be like how they carry themselves. Yeah. So it'd be like how they present their internal features externally yeah. is what I would label mm-hmm. it as. If they're, are they confident? Are they this? Mm-hmm. Are they muscular? Are they what? Mm-hmm. Like, do they look masculine? Yeah. Is how I usually approach it. And that, that definition has changed for me, obviously over the 10 plus years that I've dated mm-hmm. people. So for me, that's different, mm-hmm. but I would also say it is, it's more, my type is more common than I would th- like, not more common, it's more standard that I would think mm-hmm. with especially just like who I am now as a woman and like coming into my womanhood. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is what I like and there's nothing wrong with that. That's an archetype I feel safe and comfortable around. Mm-hmm. So it's more, a, it's more of a selfish yeah. piece. It doesn't, I don't disregard the person. They have to have good internal qualities, yeah. but externally it's for sure like, do they look like a man? Mm-hmm. I need a manly man. Makes sense. I like that. Yeah. And, and I mean, inherently, just to the question, even if it's not just to a man, it's yeah. like seeing the first thing, it tends to be visual. Yes. But what I like is we're giving different examples. Well, I didn't give a really clear example, but um, you get a really good example of it's a physical thing you're noticing, you're yeah. seeing it's a manifestation. something, but of an internal quality. Yes. And I'm going to go with, like, for me and a lot of men, um, it's very common where it's purely an external thing. The classic discussion, are you a boob, ass, or leg man? 
Um, if all of the above. <laughs> um, obviously, all. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like there's there's a lot there's a there's a discussion in our culture that I was introduced to very young as a dude about like that's mm-hmm. what you ask like hey do you like this this or this more um, kind of thing and that's uh, I think pretty true for a lot of men. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. Usually I have a type. Mm. Hmm. Let's pick a good one. You have so many questions. I know. <laughs> I'm the best. Why is it that some people develop fetishes? Huh. I don't know if I know the research for that. Um, so. What are your conjectures? Uh, yeah, I could I could guess based on just. Well, uh, okay. Let me instead of try to guess or hypothesize outside of really my scope of knowledge. I'll say how I deal and how I honor fetishes in session. Because right. um, to me, uh, I think it's important to start with like defining fetish and like what the context of a fetish is. Kink. A kink of some kind. And when there's a kink or, or something that someone likes one thing sexually that's outside of what we would consider like the norm, mm-hmm. as long as both partners are excited by it, or at the very least, it we can inj- put this kink into sex and there's consent around it. Right, right, yeah. Then, um... Don't, don't put your kink on somebody and be like, I'm super into choking, and then choke them, and they're like... Yeah, <gasps> exactly, yeah. Yeah, what's like a... What's I'm a very not. simple kink? Spanking. Or, spanking, yeah. Let's go with, like, the fetish of spanking. Because um, there's... It's enough yeah. near sexuality culture sure. that we see it a lot, but it, it can also be a very true... Like, no, this is something that I really enjoy, um, you know, receiving or, or, or taking... And so, um, again, consensual people both enjoy it. There's, I just look at it just like, okay, that's that person's sexuality and honor it that way. Um, where it develops, um, as far as I can recall, I don't believe there's research to show that that sexual interest comes from past experiences. It's not necessarily that... Yeah, not like a trauma yeah. or like you're born yeah. with it. No. I'm sure that exists. That happens for some people, but that's not where... Like, I think you'd be dishonoring the term fetish True. or kink True. if you said, hey, someone likes feet because when they were kids, they... Yeah, and I think that yeah. that's the distinction of like, yeah. for me and my yeah. brain, kink yeah. is maybe something that you enjoy sexually. Yeah. Not that a fetish isn't, yeah. but a fetish is more like... You could have a foot fetish, yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily describe a foot fetish as a kink. I, for me, my brain again, not be, not even being as a therapist, but yeah. my brain just differentiates those two. Yeah. I don't think fetishes necessarily come from trauma or whatever. It's not that they don't, but yeah. sometimes it's just like you didn't know you liked it, so you experienced it. Yeah. What if your your pleasure and your brain's mm-hmm. pleasure and pain center in your brain are really highly connected? Mm-hmm. So for the spanking example. You might have it as a fetish because it feels good. Yeah. It brings you sexual pleasure when you get spanked or yeah. spank somebody else. Yeah. Sadomasochism. Yeah. Whatever you're into. Just yeah. make sure your partner consents yeah. to it. I think uh, it's just this isn't my specific area of couples expertise. True. So I, I would bet that a, um, a fetish specialist would have very clear mm-hmm. um, guidelines for this and like mm-hmm. uh, articulations and definitions. I would just describe myself as a kink-friendly therapist. So that would be someone where, yeah. again, my approach is I accept that. I don't. There's no judgment to me for whatever your sexuality is um, if it's not hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. And then if it's part of what we're doing where it's because what you like your partner's not into, that's a different discussion, and then we explore that. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that came to mind from the research that I remember f- of this topic is that there is... There's technically no, 
uh, what is it? I'm trying to remember. In sexuality, it's all unique. And everyone, in the history of the human race, somebody has had a sexual interest in something. Mm-hmm. A teapot could be that. Like, it's just, there's tons yeah. of research that everyone's different. Yeah. And sometimes they have a thing that turns them on sexually. True. Rock on. Yeah. And in, in, until it starts hurting other people, exactly. it's all good. Yeah. Don't it, infringe that, on other people's yeah. boundaries yeah. with your fetish. So the point is, no matter how maybe uncommon it, it can be, it, it is absolutely healthy sexual expression mm-hmm. if if it's if it's not hurting someone. Mm-hmm. So if you love them, teapots, and that's what you want to bring to the bedroom, mm-hmm. have fun. Is it normal to cry after you masturbate? Huh. Normal? Define normal. <laughs> is it normal for one person who might, that's part of their, their process? I wouldn't shame anyone for it. Right. Um, is it, I would, I would better crying. ask it, is it unhealthy to, no, it's not. No. Oh uh, yeah. And your body I, makes you feel that way. That's a lot of hormones yeah, happening. Yeah, not at all. I don't think there's anything in, inherently bad no. about crying yeah. after masturbation. I would don't ask make myself, yourself cry. don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't touch yourself to the point of orgasm <laughs> and then to the point to, of pain and crying. But there's a lot of reasons to cry. Yeah. So that's my follow up question. Well, yeah. what's the basis of crying? Yeah. If again, it's like, hey, you know, so I come from a Catholic background. When I hear that, yeah. I go, my initial brain goes to, well, are you having like Catholic guilt and shame that I touched myself? So now I, I yeah. go dirty and I cry. Or is it so overwhelmingly emotional and or, transcendent? Yeah. Did you just have an amazing, I mean, one of the ways I love to think about masturbation is it's having sex with yourself. Mm-hmm. Did you just have a beautiful sexual experience with yeah. yourself that was overwhelming and crying? Yeah. yeah. People cry pre, during, after sex all the time in meaningful, positive ways. Yes. Um, yeah. So, normal? Meh. Sure. Anything's normal. Anything. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if there's a rescue view, anything. I know I was going to say, if you look at, like, you know, the core values of, of therapists, and then yeah. for us in the couples world, we're going to go, um, you know what? We respect you, period. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if that really answers the question. Yeah. Uh, Is there ask cor- yourself what, okay. where the tears are. Like, what, yeah. what's, what's, what's going on there? Yeah. Uh, is there a correlation between penis length and foot size? No, that's a myth. No. <laughs> I do think men look like their penises, though. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. All right, <laughs> write write a write a, a photo, uh, write a book with a photo essay involved. <laughs> Excuse me, this is the only time I'm ever gonna ask for a dick pic <laughs> for science. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. Yeah, line them up next to each other. Huh? I guess they it's do look like. It's academic. Um. Let's see. So or these are all like relational, relational, but like sex questions. Either one, yeah. Either one, okay. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of sex questions we got, which is cool. That's all good. People are very interested about that when it comes to relationships. How much does your family influence your relationships? Oh. For the couples I see, a lot. Yeah. So I, I, I was about to answer, and then I had. You know, I have answers, but That's, you say a lot. Yes. Yeah. How yes. much does your family? A lot. Yeah. For me, it was immediate. Mine, uh-huh. absolutely. Uh-huh. Personally, uh-huh. my family. Yeah. Like, and then when I think about everything I do in couples therapy, yes, a lot. Um, which, by the way, I just wanted to do as a side note, my journey to that mm-hmm. was when I first started becoming a therapist, because I hadn't seen a therapist before I, I chose to go do my program, um, I was really against the whole, like, things come from family. I did not, from my American values, want to, like, believe that I was so beholden to how I was raised or my parents who I adore and have a great relationship with. I was like, no, it can't be that. 
cut to just this last year with my advanced training and EFT therapy and everything, it, it we're looking at attachment stuff, how we relate. It makes perfect sense. We learn relationships from our first relationships. So that's yeah. gonna, that is absolutely gonna influence our brain physiology, our bio makeup, and then how then we behave in relation to other people. So yes, a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's not always a bad thing. Not at all. But it's not always a good thing. Not at <laughs> all. It's just a thing. Like everything in therapy, it's just becoming aware of it, yeah. talking about it, and then using that information to make decisions about how you want to live in your world and your relationship instead of letting it just mm-hmm. secretly rule you and mm-hmm. it's not your choice. We empower through awareness. True. Very true. It, it, I think mm-hmm. if we use it as a tool, it yeah. can be very helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just putting your significant other on your social media make it that much more official. <laughs> is from a younger listener yes. i would guess what do you think my brother says it's not o till it's fbo it's not <laughs> facebook official uh but that's like well, facebook, I, oh, yeah. who does facebook anymore at that age i don't know how old's your brother are you like 30? 30 oh yeah see he's an old man by now <laughs> he's elderly he's he elderly social security. <laughs> he's elderly uh what would i say no i'm also a very private person yeah i don't enjoy putting people on blast Mm -hmm. and i think it's mainly growing up in the culture of as much as you build the posts up you're gonna have to take them down once you break up and that's so awkward like you're already grieving and mourning a loss and people like oh my god what happened to you and so and so i saw you took that off your facebook get out of my business yeah right i'll post a picture of us if we're together if i'm if i like you yeah but i don't put relationships like get out of my business (laughs) don't be nosy if I'm married, yeah. then no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then never. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Why no. would I do that? Ew. Ew. I don't need people knowing I'm spouse married. That's there. disgusting. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. I would for sure. That's probably the only place, even if I have a Facebook at that point, that I would put it. But I really don't need to. Yeah. Like, what is the point of that? If it's out of insecurity, mm-hmm. if you're, it's like, oh my God, they posted about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that means we're official. You need to reevaluate your situation in your relationship if that's how you define mm-hmm. feeling secure in a relationship is if they post you for the world to see. Yeah. Uh, that's in actually, no, no, I was going to say that's actually born out of research. I just read an article a couple months ago that shows um, insecure relationships post more and respond more on social oh, yeah, media. yeah, of course they do. So actually, whereas a lot of people the who are insecure ones. try to like throw off how happy yeah. we are and do that there, the research was showing that they're more likely to have more distress and lack of trust in a relationship versus the couples mm. that do less posting about each other and less commenting back and forth ha- are more likely to have more trust and connection outside of uh, social media. That brings me great joy. <laughs> so I'm just, that's just one article. Oh, listeners, so, you should see the joy on my uh, face. I know. You should, it's like including, it, including it's chin like, rub. It's glowing <laughs> and you're like rubbing your chin in a mischievous Like if I way. had a like, beard. This is great. This is so validating on like a cellular level. <laughs> yeah. My body's like, yeah. like. Um, to actually answer the question, I'd say, I mean, this goes back to, it's, it's so unique to each person and it's going to be very different per your generation. Accurate. Yes. Yeah. So, don't um, let I somebody get, bully you into it. Yeah, no. I get that younger kids will tend to do that. Teens, uh, you could probably speak it's more to this than I do. It's not it's FBO. But at the same time, there's plenty of 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 young men and women who I do talk to who they go like, no, I, you know, I've got more sense than to do that. I get it. So I don't think it's like just your because you're in my Instagram under twenty. Bio. Like Gag me. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. Sorry for anybody who has that, but I can't. Yeah. Mm, no. 
Do you think you need to have the same taste in music as your partner for the relationship to work? No. No. Um, I think that's true. So let's pull us a little more in depth than just like the music thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's absolutely true that you do not need all of the same tastes of anything in a relationship. Mm-hmm. True. I think the relationships I've seen flourish the most have a good balance of shared interests and different interests like anything of balance. So you want the shared interest so you can connect together. Um, like me and my girlfriend, we're both Harry Potter nerds. That's one of the things that brought us together when we were first dating. To this day, we both get very excited by those themes. And we have very different um, pastimes. I'm a huge Magic the Gathering player, and while she's a doll and learned the game for me because she loves me, amen to her, at the same time, she never really wants to play it with me. Sure, yeah. It's more like, hey, we want to play a game, and she can deal with it. She knows it brings me joy, so that's different. She's into K-dramas, uh, Korean dramas. So that's all like often... K-pop, yeah. the drama version? Well, she also likes K-pop, but whatever. Um, so I'll rarely watch that with her, but at times, be like, hey, what's going on in your drama? She can tell me. So... That illustrates a point of we have things we bond over that we mutually enjoy. Then we have interests outside of each other, which is great to spend time away from each other. But then at moments, use those differences to learn and bring together. So that's like in the music example, maybe for your relationship, music is your bond. So it's one thing to do. Exactly. Or maybe that's one of the things you don't align with. So you align with other things. So you go do your own music interests, but then you get to share that with your partner in a different way later. So balancing that out, that's my long answer. Yeah, I don't think there's a deal breaker. In yeah, that. not all. not in just one. Mm-mm. Now, if you're looking at, we have no interests together at all. We get no joy or excitement doing things together. Mm-hmm. You ask yourself, well, why are you with this mm-hmm. person? Or you hate every music artist I like. Oh, gosh, yeah. Where it's like you can't even tolerate. It's yeah, like, that's not about what's... the music. Like if you yeah. hate, if I liked, I don't yeah. know, knitting yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If I liked a certain thing and you hated everything about it, that's the bigger issue. The the, the knitting or the, the music is a symptom of a deeper problem. Yeah. yeah. I would say. Agreed. What does it mean to be masculine? I feel like we kind of talked about this on the masculine versus feminine. That's true. We can refer them back to that. Um, yeah. What episode was that? If you go back to, I think, episode 12. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? The yin yang episode? Yeah. Masculine feminine? I think it was episode 12. Yeah. Um, we go into real depth, depth about that. what that looks like and how we deal with that in, in therapy. Directed towards men, do mm-hmm. you care if a woman has more masculine characteristics? I don't, uh, okay. but I think a lot of men do. Uh, I think part of the issue with masculinity... <laughs> um, I think one of the factors of masculine traits is this idea of power mm-hmm. and dominance. True. And there can be some great benefits to that of confidence, assertiveness, and leadership. And then... Some men who only look at a very rigid stance of that can be very threatened by a female with some masculine traits. And that's pretty unfortunate. Instead of going like, hey, both the masculine and feminine like columns, this is what we talked about in the episode, so I don't get into too much more yeah. of it, but um, both have great um, things to give to a, every single individual and have pitfalls of, of toxicity. So, it, so would depend on, it would depend on the guy if they cared if they, a woman had more masculine characteristics. Each person will have their own answer. Yeah, each person has their own answer. Yeah. yeah. I'm not threatened by that because I'm very secure in my masculinity. Um, but And at the same time, I don't mind going beta at times 
you know, I like a balance back and forth. So yeah, that's true. That that's me. Uh, other people, some some people, that's not the case for them. Mm-hmm. Whoa, these are some good ones. We probably have what time for one, one or two more? more? Yeah. Uh, does it make a difference in the relationship if you have sex before marriage? I feel like a broken record like depends on you know the person and the relationship each time because um, again that's the off. values uh, of of a therapist I'm going to respect you where you're at um, I think what matters most is that you have a shared value about that trait and it doesn't mean that if you have a, a different value that then you're not going to have a successful marriage but that tends to be an indicator that if you have similar values You'll, that's one less thing that you're going to be struggling with. But there's no problem if, like, you, let's say that's the thing you have a different value of, so then you, you talk about it. True. That's my that's super umbrella standpoint, not specific. So, what do you I'd think? say yes and no. Yes and no? How so? If you have sex too soon in any relationship, you're likely to not set it up for the most mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. If you really like the person, mm-hmm. you don't have to do it the first night. Mm-hmm. No shame if you do, but, mm-hmm. like, Sometimes waiting a couple months, you get to know a person. You're like, I actually really was into you. Now I'm not, mm-hmm. not as sold. Yeah. Still not wanting to do it. Yeah. Then you save yourself the heartache, etc. potentially. But I would say it has to be a mutual choice uh-huh. and not feel pressured by your partner mm-hmm. to do that. And also if it's a religious value, mm-hmm. if you're waiting to have, mm-hmm. uh, waiting to be married to have sex, I should say. I, I usually recommend to couples, if your only reasoning for doing that is religious... I would want you to explore other options. Mm-hmm. Not saying have sex. Mm-hmm. Is that really a value you have? Or was mm-hmm. this just forced down your throat? No, not to sound crude. <laughs> is this just something that you have been told yeah. you have to believe and you actually don't believe it? And you feel like if I do, if I do have sex before marriage, I'm uh-huh. a sinner. I'm this, mm-hmm. that. You have to know why. Yeah. If you're choosing it because you're like, I don't want to complicate my life. I don't want the risk of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I don't want the drama. I want to focus on strengthening our relationship outside of sex. That'll be a bonus. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just wait. Yeah. Those are great reasons. Rock on. And great reason if you're like, no, I truly believe this in the faith. That's yeah. great. Yes. But if it's, well, I was just taught this always. Yeah. Something feels off to me. Yeah. I'm living my life yeah. with another yeah. value than what I actually truly feel. Yeah, yeah. true. Can you guys read the question again? Do you have it? I think you just kind of shuffled it away, but... Um, because I think I had a different thought about it. Uh, but in general about waiting... Yeah, I, think, I think it was, do you think it makes a difference in the relationship if you wait to have sex before marriage? Something like that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on sex, having sex before marriage? Yeah, so I think outside of my initial response, then I would say I commonly have discussions, and this isn't in my office, so this is with other people. This is a little bit different from the therapist perspective. Um, I call it discussions where people have sex too soon from their perspective. Like, oh man, we yes. should wait. I don't think I've had many discussions where someone was really bummed they waited too long. Because generally speaking, it's yeah. always harder to wait. Yes. So if you can kind of wait a little bit, then you get there. So yeah. what I'm just saying from an anecdotal standpoint is... I hear a lot of hurt come from people who choose to Hasty. enjoy sex maybe quicker than they were ready for in, yes, in meeting I agree. someone. I agree. And I very r- rarely hear someone go, man, 
um, I waited, you know, too long, and you know, I missed that amount of time I could have any sex with my partner because mm-hmm. it's like, well, generally it's been a good thing, and you just get to keep having it. Mm-hmm. So, if I take in a relationship, so if I'm looking at that anecdote, I'd say our nature mm-hmm. is to tend to go to bed quicker than maybe we need to because more commonly we're being driven by the lust of sex yeah. before we're really valuing the relationship. Yeah, and we know this is now the therapist hat the 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 amount of hormones and drives that are Ooh. activated in your body and your brain in sex yeah. does put a very le- different lens yeah. in how you see your relationship because literally mm-hmm. you are encoding mm-hmm. stuff in your brain in a different way mm-hmm. than if you weren't having sex true so your your reality you. is different it's true you really are perceiving reality differently oh yeah so you might be making different decisions about your partner or what you think about the relationship if you're having sex or if you're not having sex. Yes. That's the one thing to just know about. And that's why maybe waiting, you can have less of the, um, you can have a, a, mm-hmm. uh, a different thought process mm-hmm. before you start making relationship decisions mm-hmm. and having sex uh, change that lens. Yeah. I'd say if you, if you want it, that's, that's what I've talked about couples mm-hmm. too. Like, well, I didn't want, and the flip side of it, mm-hmm. well, I didn't want to bring it up because I was like, what, were you scared that you were going to break up? Mm-hmm. Right we have to face the fear sometimes or we have to be patient uh-huh. or learn or uh-huh. really engage with our partner. So if you're wanting to have sex, uh-huh. chances are that desire will continue uh-huh. Re- uh-huh. if you do or don't, if uh-huh. you wait or not, uh-huh. it's, it should build. Uh-huh. And that's how I would, would say you're on the right track or uh-huh. you're, you're on, it probably feels congruent. Uh-huh. If you're like, wow, I really want to have sex with that person uh-huh. and I like them so much. Uh-huh. Let's wait. Uh-huh. Let's do other stuff. Let's be intimate in other ways and uh-huh. PDA and whatever else. But we don't necessarily need to take it there. Mm-hmm. And if you develop the feelings in the meantime, then once you do take it there, mm-hmm. likely, it's gonna, hopefully, going to be even better. I was going to say, uh, it's going to be better sex yeah. if, if you've actually developed right. a more emotional connection. Right. But, you know, Teach I just never out. want to shame anyone if their yeah. choices are, you know, we met tonight, we want to have sex, like you can have healthy sexuality. Communication. Yeah. That's And we talked about that in another episode. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then we can put these... We'll, Put them to bed. Put them to bed. For now. There's more, but maybe um, we'll get Yeah, we have a ton more, but we have a lot of other episodes to okay. do. So I think being able to communicate with your partner and not mm-hmm. assume, I want a one-night stand, so you want a one-night stand, mm-hmm. and not say, I think they want a one-night stand, so I'm going to say that I want a one-night stand, but really I hope this segues into my next relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Communication, no yeah. matter what. And I tell my <sighs> students, if you can't talk about sex, mm-hmm. you should not be having sex. Mm. Because if you can't talk about the prevention, are you on birth control, this, that, mm-hmm. or whatever, what are you going to do if you get an STD or you get pregnant? How yeah. are you going to talk about it then, right? Yeah. Uh, as a mini soapbox off of that, because I love that idea, if you can't talk about sex, you should be having it. Because, yeah, um, if you're engaging in sex, then there's some some basics you got to be able to talk about. Like you said, um, pregnancy prevention, yeah. STD prevention, consent. Yeah. Um, Big To time. be able to talk about. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the muddy waters on all three of those is when people are um, making assumptions about physical cues uh-huh. or use, um, you know, uh, scared language or something. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I just, re- I just remembered a time of my youth of really stupid dirty. language Perfect. that I thought was me communicating clearly about sex. <laughs> and I, I found out later from my girlfriend <laughs> That that was not at all what she thought I was talking oh, about. Good. Perfect. And I will tell you off the air. That's fine. Did you dance around it a lot? 
I thought I was being so clear. Direct, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and it was not, which is probably why yeah. it wasn't having the desired effect I thought it was going to have, but it was, it True. was just... True. No, we can definitely yeah. chat about that. But it was because the truth was I was uncomfortable. You know, I mm-hmm. was scared. I didn't know mm-hmm. how to talk about it. So yeah. I probably shouldn't have been having sex with her at that point. So good yeah. on me in that regard. Just be, still. yeah, be communicative with your yeah. partner. Talk about it with them and be safe, regardless of if you choose a certain benchmark in a relationship, whether mm-hmm. that's your FBO, your mm-hmm. Facebook official, you've been mm-hmm. dating a certain amount of time, whatever your benchmark is, mm-hmm. you can chat. Even if you're not having it or you do decide with your partner, hey, Ryan, we are dating in this random example. Mm-hmm. I would like to wait seven months before we have sexual intercourse. Yeah. Okay, Talia, sounds great. That doesn't mean for the next seven months we're just going to ignore the fact that we've set this deadline yeah, and then yeah, seven yeah. months hits and we're both yeah. looking at each other like, hey, uh, you know what today is, right? <laughs> it's D-Day. Isn't it like a movie or something? I have this image of like someone like putting like a, <laughs> little, it on like a, a circle around their yeah. counter, a little it's heart, funny. like it's that time. Right? And that's, that is from. why, and then we'll, we'll really be done. Okay. That is why when couples wait to have sex until they are married, I'm fine with that, religious, religion or not, or benchmarks. You need to be talking about it because if you go from zero to a hundred real uh-huh, quick uh-huh. and now you have no holds barred and you can do anything you want to that person, uh-huh. there might be a lot of guilt and shame and uh-huh. discomfort and confusion that comes up of like, wait a second, we had this big day with all of our family there uh-huh. and now we're wearing rings and everything's like, uh-huh. we can just do it. Uh-huh. Like you're telling me we can just do it uh-huh. right now uh-huh. and nothing's <laughs> nothing's going to happen that's bad. Like it's, it's planning and prepping for... Yeah. Wedding is more, or a marriage is more important than a wedding. Mm-hmm. What does sex mean? All yeah. those discussions have to lead up to it so then you can actually enjoy and feel free, minus yeah. the clunky awkwardness that happens Anytime. the first time you have yep. sex with anyone, yep, 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 yep. any new person. Yep, yep. So being able to talk about it. Communication is really key. Absolutely. Communication and trust. Absolutely. Which brings us full circle to yeah. the first question communication and trust. Yes. Next episode is. Episode 16 Don't Parent Your Partner. Yes. I'm really excited about this. Me too. That'll be really cool. Um, but in the meantime, if you have any questions or you want to, uh, add to this yeah. list of questions, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us. Yes. Shoot us uh, an email, uh, Ryan and Talia at the couples guide podcast.com yep. or Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram. Yep. Check us out there. Slide in our DMS. Yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Bye.